Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, I don't have to try and convince you because you know that Christmas is a time where there's a lot of nostalgia. It's a nostalgic time. It's a nostalgic time of the year. This nostalgia is typically a feeling that we get. Indeed, it's a feeling in our gut. It's in our bones. It's in our mind. It's around us. Now, what is this nostalgia really about? Well, nostalgia is this kind of feeling that we get when we think of grandmother's cooking or the feeling of a first love or that crackle of a baseball game on an old radio on a hot summer night. Nostalgia has a connection to the past. But get this, it has a connection to the past in a way that it remembers that which is good and carries it forward into the here and now. And with this nostalgia, well, it's quite obvious with this nostalgia comes feelings of generosity and calmness and peace, especially during the Christmas season. And so for Christmas, we get this nostalgic feeling of generosity and calmness and peace through the music that we listen to and the decorations we put up, as well as all those festive clothes that we wear and the seasonal food that we eat. Now, again, I do not have to try and convince you that we really tend to like these feelings of nostalgia. If we didn't, we wouldn't typically do these traditions over and over and over each year. You see, these nostalgic feelings of generosity and calmness and peace, they have a way of giving us a break from that grind of life that we all go through. They connect us together. They bind us together. They remind us of previous memories that are good and true, and they provide us a sense of order in a world that sometimes seems to have gone absolutely mad. Now, while these nostalgic feelings are indeed good, now make no doubt in your mind, they are good, something that can bless your family, we must also be careful though. You see, there's always a catch-22. Yes, we always must be careful that we do not take these feelings of generosity and calmness and peace as good as they are and let them grow too big so as to overtake and influence the way that we understand the fundamental meaning of Christmas itself. You see, we can obviously have these feelings of generosity and calmness and peace without Christ. For there are plenty of nostalgic stories that one can enjoy during this holiday season. You see, the Grinch and Santa Claus and Hallmark movies, they can sustain us through the whole month of December. Again, we can have these feelings these feelings of generosity, these feelings of calmness, these feelings of peace without Christ. These movies, they can sustain us. These activities can indeed as well. But this is not what we're talking about. Instead, we're talking about letting these nostalgic feelings misconstrue the main purpose of that babe lying in a manger. For example, let us consider the birth of Jesus long ago. 
It was no ordinary birth. It was a peculiar birth unlike any other birth. A newborn child swaddled in cloths and lying in a long open box, a feeding box for horses and cattle. Peculiar indeed. This babe is basically a homeless babe, a defenseless babe on a cool evening night in a tiny little town called Bethlehem, being born in essentially a cave. Now, here is where we need to be cautious, right here, right now. These nostalgic feelings of generosity and calmness and peace, these feelings that we have, they should be fully activated right now. Besides, it's Christmas Eve, right? But right alongside all of these feelings, we also have a feeling of sympathy, too, that comes about. Our hearts may be tugging at us right now, in fact, right about now with sympathy and a sense of pity for that babe in the manger. As we contemplate that babe in the manger, think about the babe in the manger with all of these emotions compiled together. We may be saying in our hearts something such as this, Lord Jesus, Christ child, you are probably freezing in that manger. It is perhaps so hard and uncomfortable where you sleep. In fact, look around. It's very, very dirty here too. How How can I make you calmer? What can I do to make it easier for you? Now, if the Christ child could speak back to you and me, I think we would hear this Christ child respond to us with something like this. I don't want anything. Just wait. Just wait. My life is not calm, nor will it ever be. Even more difficult times are before me. The road gets darker as I get older and move towards that cross of Mount Calvary. Do you see it off in the distance? Do you see the shadows off the distance encroaching over me and this manger? Do you see the shadows of the cross? Suffering surely awaits me. Now, this kind of response certainly does not fit with our nostalgic feelings of generosity and calmness and peace. It is actually a bit unsettling to us right now to hear this. So our hearts may tug at us even more, causing us to reach into our wallets and our purses, saying back to the Christ child, well, let me at least give you some money, Jesus. Yes, let me me give you some money right now so that you can spend several nights in the local inn. Money has a way of making my problems a little bit less, and I have to give you something Here, take some money. It is the least that I could do. Receive, Lord Jesus, receive from my generosity to you. If the Christ child could speak back, I think we would hear him say something to the effect, the heavens and the earth are mine. I don't need your money or your generosity. Give it to the poor, and then I will receive it as if it was given to me. But again, this does not help us. The Christ child is starting to wreck our nostalgic feelings. And so we push back and we respond back again. We say, dear Christ child, I will gladly do that, but I still need to give you something. I want to give you something. My my heart is full of generosity and calmness and peace. I, I, I feel this sympathy towards you. I want to give you something. I need to give you something. I must create peace for you. I must ease this longing for sympathy in my heart. Let let me give you peace, Christ child. Let me give you peace. After a brief pause, 
If the Christ child could speak, we would hear him say, Dear friend, since you are so desiring peace, I will tell you what you can give me. I will tell you what you can give me. With excitement, our hearts, they bounce. We respond, what can we give you? What can we give you? Now, if the Christ child could speak, we would hear him respond, saying this, give me your sin. Give me your bad conscience. Give me your guilt. Give me your shame. Give it all to me. Did you hear that? Obviously, we did not expect that kind of response. So we must quickly respond yet again. What on earth do you want to do with my sin, my bad conscience, my guilt, my shame, all that stuff? Why do you want these things, these ugly things of mine, Jesus? And the Christ will answer, I will take your sin, I will take your guilt, your bad conscience upon my shoulders, and give you peace that surpasses all understanding. Your sin, your guilt, and shame will be my glory. I will bear your sin. I will take them away. I will take what is yours and make it mine. I do not want your money. I do not want your efforts. I do not want your sympathy, your achievements, your generosity, your calmness, and your efforts for peace. But I want your sin. I want your failures. I want your filth. Give me all of this so that I may take it to Mount Calvary so that you might be free and have eternal life through my death on your behalf. Amen. Baptized saints, there is a nostalgic feeling tied to Christmas. No doubt about it. There are nostalgic feelings of generosity and calmness and peace, but as we have just heard this evening, these nostalgic feelings are not something that the Christ child wants or needs from us. Sure, we can feel good about the memories of family Christmases long ago. We can feel warm and fuzzy about hearing a Christmas song on the radio. But mark this, these kind of nostalgic feelings, as good as they are, they're temporary. They're seasonal and not long-lasting. Again, as good as they may be. And so what we have heard tonight is that the babe in the manger is the one, get this, is the generous one to us. He is the calm one for us. He's the one that grants you and me true peace. He is the one that we bow to, not so that we may somehow express and give our generosity and calmness and peace, but that we may receive all these things from him as a gift. Our hearts and minds bow before the Christ child, knowing that we cannot, that we cannot give him anything that would sufficiently thank him for what he has done for us. We bow before the Christ child, knowing that through his generous love and death, and his calm plan of salvation, that he has accomplished everything for you and for me. Dear baptized saints, let this word of Christ dwell in your minds richly this evening, this Christmas evening. 
May the Christmas gospel message not only be a yearly nostalgic memory that you and I can cherish, but may it be a powerful word that grants you faith this evening, that grants you hope this evening, that grants you trust and assurance this evening as well. Merry Christmas in the name of Jesus. Merry Christmas in Christ's life and his death and his resurrection on your behalf. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.